0: Miami wins again their seventh straight the heat started off slowly but Jimmy Butler was once again the difference maker exploding in the third quarter for 18 of his total 36 points Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo also had big games and it was once again a total team effort but could Miami be too deep we answer your questions about the possible rotation and break down the game on today's Locked on Heat
1: you are locked on heat your daily Miami
0: heat podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm with Goldberg. Joining me as always Hey Bramil, however you're tuning in. YouTube, share your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's J-A-S-C medical.com the heat scored a season high in their 122 to 115 win over the nets on Thursday night jimmy butler did it all scoring 36 points including going 2 of 5 on his three pointers duncan robinson scored 26 points bam made bio had 20 points miami's best offensive performance of the season the heat have now won seven straight games. Uh, but what about that offense stood out to you in this one,
0: David? Just the free-flowing nature of it. I'll everybody moving with intent. I know that sounds like a spoism, but at the same time, that's what I saw anyway. Early on, even though the shots weren't falling, they looked like they were still kind of trying to pick their spots. Bam was having a little trouble with Nick Clankston. I think he's obviously uh, you know, still one of those challenges in terms of being able to attack length. That Claxton is mobile enough where he can force Bam into tougher looks, But once he got Dayron Sharp onto him, I think he was able to kind of figure it out. And from there, it just kind of steamrolled. And Jimmy just taking over the game. And I think just, again, moving with purpose, doing knowing exactly what he had to do to attack McHale Bridges, finding weak spots in the defense. Brooklyn's defense overall is still pretty good. At least they have good defensive players. But Miami was able to find open opportunities, whether it was cutting be along the baseline, constantly moving off ball, just a lot of movement. And it was just, again, uh, the version of this team that we hadn't seen earlier in the season and had been slowly growing. And then, of course, now with Tyler Hero, I know a lot of people are going to point to how good Miami's offense looked, but it, did def- it absolutely looked very free-flowing. The first
1: few minutes were rough. The Heat yes. made one field goal in the first five and uh, four and a half minutes of this game, and Brooklyn was flattening them out. Miami had a really hard time with their length, uh, and I was kind of looking at this thing. I was like, "Oh boy, is this sort of yeah. it for the for the win streak? Is this it for all the good vibes that we've built up here?" And credit the Heat; they just they figured it out on the fly. They said, "Okay, they're flattening this out. They're doing this. They're doing that. We're gonna do X, Y, and Z." And X, Y, and Z ended up being let's just move the ball. A little bit more, use the word intent. I thought that's, I think that's a good word here. A lot more pick and roll in this game than I think we're accustomed to seeing. We saw Duncan Robinson running pick and roll with Bam at a bio, Kyle Lowry getting to the basket in his limited minutes, Jimmy Butler putting on a show, obviously. They did have a good night from the mid range, which loosened everything up after that. And you can't really count on that every game, but they're not trying to count on that every game. They, well, they kind of are, but they were really counting on it in this one. Uh, when I said it was their best offensive game of the season, not just from a raw point total but points per possession overall, they they scored 124 point or I'm sorry, 131.9 points every 100 possessions in this game. They were uh in the half court phenomenal, 116.3 points per 100 possessions in the half court tonight. Those are both elite elite marks. Um not something you can count on obviously every single night, but when you get a game like this and we've seen the offensive growth now from yep. Duncan Robinson we've talked a lot about that Bam Adebayo we've talked a lot about that Jimmy Butler taking four three-pointers in the first half missing his first two and then taking and making the next two to make sure that he got back to his 50% for the season and making and showing the the sign flashing <laughs> the 50 right. to yeah. the bench there Uh, keeping track, I love that he ended up shooting one late, and so now he's a smidge under 50 percent. So he went two for five on the night, but who cares? I love all of that from Jimmy Butler. I love that he's keeping track because it's an important part of his game, it is, you know. And if he's gonna pad, I'm here for that version of stat padding.
0: Yeah, we we talked about it early, like that. We saw enough of a small game sample to think, well, is this something that's going to be part of his repertoire? And sure enough, he has maintained that pretty consistently. The attempts are low, but still to shoot at fifty percent this early this or just under. I'm sure he'll go three of five in the next game just to kind of even it up, just so he can continue to point it out to the bench. But yeah, he definitely looks like he's much more comfortable. Recognizes when he has those opportunities, uh, he's got to take those shots. He's got to let it fly. And I think it certainly caught Brooklyn's defense off guard. They weren't sure what to do with this and had to kind of respect that. And then with Duncan flying around, making so much, you know, just moving so constantly. Flaring out to an open three-point spot, using the pick and roll with Bam or anybody else who was setting a screen. Just really nice movement offense. It just looked really, really sharp.
1: They're On the three-pointers, though, with him, because mm-hmm. when, when players are giving him that amount of space, he has to take those shots. That's what's yes. happening. They are playing off of him, giving him basically six, seven, eight feet of space, wide open shots from three-point range. I love that he's taking them. You have to take yeah. them because what happened later in that game, David? Yeah. We saw in the second half. It was the third quarter. Uh, I think it was a uh, uh, Royce O'Neal playing up on Jimmy Butler, not giving him that space. Jimmy Butler off the right side of the wing. Royce O'Neal playing up on him in his grill. And what did Jimmy Butler do? Jab stuff left. Right jab pass. step yeah. left. Fake left. Goes to the right and then gets a wide open baseline dunk on that baseline uh, uh, at, at the basket. That's what happens when you're taking those threes, right? You're only going to see – if you're only looking at this game on Twitter, you're only going to see the, the Jimmy Butler dunk in the third quarter. Not what set that up, right? And right. what set that up – I mean, how often, honestly, do we see Jimmy Butler zoom by a guy from the perimeter no. to get a dunk at the – we never see that. We never – that's no. not his game. But when no. you start when – defend, when defenders have to start playing up on him, that becomes now open. That's There's more space behind the defender. And if you can, if you can get him leaning one way – He's got enough of a first step to get to the basket.
0: Yeah, it was it was a really nice play, though. I mean, the fact that he he was able to kind of juke him right out of it and, and just recognize this, the, the lane was open, attacked, and finished with a great dunk. But it was just a really nice game overall. And I, And you kind of hinted at this earlier, but I like the fact that Miami made the adjustments in game, that they're so confident and good enough right now, and deep enough, really, because they got – contributions from a number of players and figured out how to space it. You know what, if, if Brooklyn is going to be able to beat us with their length, let's deny that let's mitigate it completely, by just shooting from beyond the arc and setting up those drives to the basket. And sure enough, just their great transition defense, just a lot of different ways of scoring. And they found those opportunities throughout the game as it continued to progress. So a really good showing for They shot 43%. 40. Go ahead, yeah. Go, yeah. 40, 43% from three-point range. And were able to get to the line, too. Set, again, to point out what you just said, those drives yeah. that were set up with those three-point shots, they were able to attack the basket. If they couldn't get the, the hoop, they would get the, the call, and they got to the line 24 times, hit 23 of those. So a really, really strong showing.
1: Are we buying the offensive evolution here? Uh, because the Heat have won seven in a row yeah. coinciding with Haywood Highsmith's inclusion in the offense, and that's more, kind of been like the obvious thing. Hey, they did this, and now that happened, right? Right. But the evolution of the offense has been, I think, maybe more important to what's going on. It was a rough start for them at yep. the beginning of the season. I'm not sitting here claiming that they're one of the, uh, the elite offenses of, of the league, but if you're right. getting this version of Jimmy Butler – who has scored 36 points tonight. What was it, 32 points the night uh, before? Something yep. like that. Uh, he's now playing like the Heat need him to play. Bam Adebayo is a much better offensive player than he was even last year. Uh, 8 of 15 tonight for 20 points, getting to the basket more often. Duncan Robinson is more of a fulcrum of the offense, not just a catch-and-shoot guy, but a guy who right. can put the ball on the ground. He had one play where he rejected the, uh, a Bam Adebayo screen, got to the yeah. basket and hit basket and hit a... A cutting Jaime Hawkins Jr. down the lane. I was like, "What's going on with this guy? Like, where did all this?" I understand that he's developing, but like, this was this is such an incredible leap from him in terms of playmaking. It's wild. I mean, there's he's running the offense sometimes, so yeah. uh, Like this stuff, I, I think the the individual development is real, and it feels like the Heat are starting to figure out how to kind of take all this individual growth and put it all together into something that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, and look, we've seen this from them for years, right? Defense igniting offense. And I think Highsmith has been a part of that, even though he had a kind of subpar game offensively. It's just another body there. We see with Kevin Love, you know, maybe he'll pull down the rebound, kind of slowly check the floor, see if there's a cutter or somebody already flying down court in transition. Maybe he'll hit the open pass, but it's still a slower half court offense. With Highsmith, you bring another body down. He forces things at the rim, he can attack the basket. Yep. And I think he was just a great. Defense to offensive shift, and we've seen that growth. So, to answer your question, I'm absolutely buying their offensive mm-hmm. growth, but I think it also kind of feeds off of their defense as well. Credit Cookies is next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. Bucks If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Go visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and NBA.
1: Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen. Every day, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Well, David, Mm. it's time for the tastiest segment in Locked On Heat. It is time to hand out some credit cookies. As always, we have 10 cookies to hand out to various players. I think we're going to start here with Jimmy Butler, who gets a lion's share of our cookies. What kind of cookies are we handing out, by the way? Oh,
0: you're putting me on the spot. You haven't asked me all season what kind of cookies. You know, I, I yeah. They haven't been – early on, there weren't a lot of wins, so you were kind of just like, screw it. I don't care. They're not going to get any cookies anytime soon. So, And now during the, you've been so caught up in the, the euphoria the of the, yeah, the seven-game win streak. You know what? Uh, my son went to Publix a couple of days ago and asked very politely for a chocolate chip cookie from Publix in the bakery. And now they give out – you know, they give the kids free cookies now uh, since the pandemic ended. They give, they were doing it before, and now they started doing it again. So they you didn't know realize what? they had gotten rid of it. Well, you know, they just – they weren't, they weren't uh, kind of handing out cookies to kids right, during sure. the so, so, public chocolate chip cookies. And I think Jimmy Butler and his incredible performance, continued growth, the nice balance between the offense, attacking, making plays, shooting, driving to the rim, doing it all. I mean, fantastic offensive performance. He gets five cookies.
1: 18 points in the third quarter that basically blew Oof. the game open for the Miami Heat. He had at one point scored 11 in a row. If you want to give yep. him points uh, and assists, responsible for 13 straight, just right. an unbelievable third quarter. The Heat need things like that. They could go such, they could go long stretches without a made field goal. So if you're getting just a dominant – we got, what, a, a huge second quarter the other night from Haywood Highsmith, 12 points in a second quarter one night. That kind of blew the game open for them. We've seen this from Bam out of bio. When Tyler Hero was healthy, we've seen it from Tyler uh, earlier yep. in the season. And Jimmy Butler tonight, I mean, this was the best individual scoring quarter of any player this season for the Heat. 18 points in that third quarter, outdoing Lonnie Walker, who ended up having 13 points in that third quarter. It was not the duel that I was expecting in this one. But like I said, it was between Jimmy Butler's points and Miami's points overall, what that did to set up his teammates and everything else. Um, I mentioned the flattening out of the offense. Once Jimmy kind of got going, uh, yep. it opened up things for other guys. I think we're going with five credit cookies for Jimmy Butler. I want to move yes. right into Duncan Robinson, though, because one of the guys that really helped. I think Jimmy Butler set up Duncan Robinson as the game went on, but if I'm being honest, I think Duncan Robinson set up Jimmy Butler earlier in the game. When everything was getting flattened out, the only guy who was getting anything was Duncan Robinson from the perimeter because that's the only thing that's available when Brooklyn's not letting you get to the basket. They were packing the paint in this game, maybe more than we've really seen any other team do. Charlotte did it, but they don't really have the personnel. Like, that's not a good basketball team. Brooklyn has a bunch of good, long, big defenders. that When they pack the paint, it matters, right? Because once... When when you do try to kick out, they have that speed and that length to close out uh, credibly. In the, but when Duncan Robinson is firing from thirty feet, nobody's close. Nobody's able to close out on him if they're starting from a paint position. And when yeah. he started that, doing that, it opened up
0: everything. Yeah, good point. Look, and the X's and O's, the actual on-court stuff, really shows how, how Duncan has come a long way and and just continues to make an impact in games. But I got to say, there was that one play where he ripped the ball. I think it was from Mikhail Bridges at the top of the key. Just stole the ball. Wasn't called for a foul that I think he probably would have been called for every season of his career, except for this one. And then went down court in transition, was spotting open from three-point range, shot yeah. it, nailed it, and then gave the look around like, huh, nobody can guard me. Like that – he is just feeling insane I confidence at this point. Like – like we've seen we've talked to Duncan countless times and it's just like to see him achieve this level that he did not have, like he was coming on and hitting those shots earlier in his career when nobody knew who the hell he was. And he certainly got a boosted confidence from Jimmy and everybody else during that 1920 season. But then he went through the contract issues and injury problems. And now he is here back. I don't, the two-year slump
1: is over, man. Like he's back. Imposter syndrome no more. Now he's no. like he's looking around and like no, you don't belong on the court with me now. It's an incredible <laughs> turnaround with the yeah. confidence now. Uh my favorite part, you know I have to point this out. 10 of his 14 shots were from three-point range. I love 60%. it.
0: 60%. I love it. 10. That's oh, boy, the right.
1: ratio. 10 three-pointers. <laughs> David, that should be the minimum that he shoots in every game this season. He should be averaging 10 threes a game minimum. There's no reason for him not to, especially when he's shooting them in like this. And yeah, dude, you still got your four layups at the basket. Congrats. You got to show off and you had basically your highlights from this game. One more highlight from him. Right. Um, uh, the you, that was the a highlight. That's like number one spot in the highlight yes. reel. B yeah. highlight for Duncan Robinson drive to the bat or, or saves the, the ball going out of bounds, tiptoes the baseline, Flings the flings the ball to the corner to Jaime Haka's Jr. in the fourth quarter, and Jaime drains a corner three uh, yes. to put the Heat up back by eleven. I believe yeah, the I the Nets so. had cut it to nine at that point. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wasn't really a dagger because the Heat didn't really need a right. dagger. They technically. took their foot off their
0: gas over the last couple of minutes, and that's sure, fine. Brooklyn like, was I mean, going to make
1: a run. We knew that. That's a good, well, a really well coached team with a lot of talent on it. So, uh, but it was an important play nonetheless. It was one that impressed me. So, uh, two credit cookies.
0: Yes, for I Duncan? think two For yeah, and, and uh, I think that I think that transitions perfectly into Jaime, who again sure. continues to show like just a really big overall game, high IQ, always makes the right decision, makes things happen. Something you pointed out for the whole his whole does career stuff. now. Yeah, he does stuff. Hashtag do uh, stuff. <laughs> and that three point shot. I mean. There was that game? What game was it where he like missed every three point opportunity? And we're like, Oh, he's still you know trying out there, but he's not really doing enough offensively. And from that point forward, everybody in that locker room has his you know has his back, they continue to build that confidence, and now he's out there playing fourth quarter, huge minutes. They didn't play the whole fourth quarter this time, but he still played pretty significantly. And he had hit that big shot down his stretch, he just seems to be very comfortable and defensively. He, he did a great job. I, I want to say it was Lonnie Walker in one position. Walker had been killing them in that quarter, and then they put Hawkins on him, and he did a really good job of bodying him up, moving his feet well, adjusting on the fly, and then just limiting him to a forced pass there. But really, really strong game from Hyman. So at least a cookie for him. Two for
1: five from three-point range. That's 40%. Shoot. Let me ask you this. What do you think his three-point percentage was coming into this game for the season? Just off the top of uh, your head, take a guess. 35. 28%. But you know what? He shoots it like a guy who's shooting 35%. And I love that. I love that. You know what? Because I think it'll be closer to 35% by the time the season is over. He shoots with such confidence from distance. He is quick with the trigger. He has the green light. He's been empowered to have that. And in addition to all his other responsibilities, five assists for him tonight Mm -hmm. on a night where Kyle Lowry only played 24 minutes uh, because of some early foul trouble and because he wasn't as good as the other guys that were on the court tonight. So, and I think there was some stuff with the matchup wise Brooklyn's a long big team Spencer Dinwiddie is like yep. much bigger than Kyle Lowry and things like yep. that. But J- Jaime Hawkins is all is just playing with a ton of confidence and he loves to see it. Uh one cookie for him. Uh where do you, let's go to Kevin Love next. Yes.
0: I uh, think he had a great game, very impactful. Uh continues to get the backup center minutes. No I Thomas Bryant tonight. And he just did a lot of things drew Two and a half charge uh like within his first minutes into the game, like he was really impactful there. He kind of just understood exactly how like the, that that sec- that third one wasn't called in his favor, but it might as well have been. I think it wound up turning into a shot clock violation. But either way, he he was just again moving his feet well, rebounding actively, keeping Dayron Sharp off the boards. Uh, getting Nick Claxton into foul trouble. Like he did a lot of sharp things And he just, again, spaces the floor yep. so well, too. So and, I, I and think it's he just so hurt.
1: making sure for the most part that one of Kevin Love or Duncan Robinson were on the court at all times, kind of staggered yes. their minutes, which is hard to do when you're talking about two guys who play completely different positions. Uh, Kevin Love tonight, a team high plus 16. Uh, mm-hmm. One cookie for Kevin Love, another cookie for Bam Adebayo, 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists two steals a block was a very tidy eight of 15 overall so 53 percent shooting uh we haven't talked a lot about bam recently in our credit cookie segments because we almost just take this for granted another game that we're just going to take for granted because we're just so excited about what all these other guys are doing but bam out of bio man he just rolls out of bed and gives you something close to 20 and 10 and a few blocks and a few steals on efficient shooting every night his mid-range stuff really important for the heats offense in this one
0: yeah uh, I think the if we're talking about how the team in general kind of figured it out on the fly, I think Bam's growth in the context of the game really stands out because he did struggle early on. And then as the game went on, and then he had that one dunk over Nick Claxton where he kind of just powered through. It was circa 1998 in Alonzo Morning, just unstoppable. You know, he just... Kind of just leaned his shoulder into him and Klaxon, as good a defensive player as he is, you just can't hang. You're just, you're not strong enough. That's basically what it came down to. And he let out a big bellow, he cheered everybody up, and everybody was just psyched up after that. And then from that point, a lot of great transition baskets, but his touch around the hoop is so good. He's just constantly moving, doing a great job. Limited Klaxon to 16 points, too. So solid overall game yeah. from him. Uh, just not one that we've come to expect. And a season where he's been like one of the top 10 players of the league.
1: I have it charted here, four for four in the restricted area. Uh, You love to see that. Um, The fact that the Heat have been doing this mostly without Tyler Hero, is that a good thing or a bad Mm -hmm. thing? We're going to talk about that
0: next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spent a lot of time talking, you and I. We get fired up together on wins like tonight and losses. Well, We haven't seen a loss in a while, but still, who starts and who sits? Tyler here, I don't knows? Caleb Martin entering into the lineup today. But I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal because I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or whatever supply chain issue might manifest because you're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra. This is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And you can get your 12-month supply of your daily medications. And remember to use the promo code Locked On at checkout. And you get a discount, too. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm so thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut my pills in half to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds. With a year's supply, and I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than your local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, go to jasemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your next purchase at Jace Medical.
1: Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Let's get to your listener questions. Thanks to everybody who sent those in on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOE. You can also send in questions for future mailbags at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. You can also send questions to us on Instagram at LockedOnHeat. This question comes from our friend Josh who writes in, I know Tyler Hero is part of this win streak in two of these games, but is it Good or bad that the Heat are going on this run, mostly without him, similar to the playoffs last year?
0: David, what do you think? I think it's both. And I know that's not quite the, device, the, the decisive Bench. answer. <laughs> yeah, But the reason why I say that is because I think it's bad because we just went through an offseason where Tyler Hero was so devalued from a narrative perspective, not based on anything actually on the court But because he was hurt in the first game of the playoffs and Miami went on their long run, and then the whispers start to get louder about Miami's offense and what Tyler does to that offense kind of monopolizes it to a certain degree. And I certainly have been critical of those occasions when he has been a little too ball dominant, not necessarily sharing much as much and and playing off ball the way he should. So that's why I think it'll be bad is now all of a sudden for 4.75 of this seven-game win streak, Tyler hasn't been a part of it, and we'll start to hear that buzz grow louder again. Is it time to move Tyler Heroes? Tyler Hero even necessary to Miami's offense? Kind of forgetting that during their five-game losing streak when nobody else could hit a shot, Tyler was the only player who really stepped up. Him and Bam out of bio, I should say, because both Bam and Tyler were very good during that stretch. So I think that's the bad part of it. The good part of it is I think now all of a sudden you're going to have a much more well-rounded cast. You're going to have guys who have been comfortable finding their spot. And I don't think that there's enough ego on this team because we just haven't seen that with Miami at any point over the last few seasons. Everybody knows they're going to get their touches. Somebody's going to find an opportunity, whether it's by injury or something else, you're going to play, you're going to get a chance to step up. And now that you've got this experience, Hawkins playing big minutes, Duncan feeling that confidence like he has in a while. Kevin Love finding the the, the fountain of youth off the bench after having been a DNPCD for a number of games. That just helps, and you can incorporate Tyler, who's still a prolific offensive player and an improved defender and playmaker. If you can get those versions of a, a deeper Heat squad with a better, more precise and efe- efficient Tyler Hero, this team is unstoppable. Unstoppable.
1: Okay. Uh, well, look. <laughs> uh, There is a very real thing that happens when Tyler Hero is in the lineup and then when he's removed from the lineup. And it forces Jimmy Butler to do more. It puts Jimmy Butler in charge. And I think an underrated aspect when we're talking about a team's success is a very clear pecking order. You saw this with Denver last year. Nikola Jokic is option number one. Jamal Murray is option number two. And everybody plays off of those two guys it's very hard to have an option one and a top option two and a top option three. It's very, very difficult to do that. In fact, we don't really see it ever work out outside of the big three Miami heat. Yep. Where Chris Bosh was basically not getting anything run for him. So even calling him a number three option is, is a little bit uh, uh, of an exaggeration or the warriors with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. And even then like Klay Thompson, wasn't really getting stuff run for him, right? He was just sort of playing off of other guys. With Miami, the way it works with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero, those are very much options one, two, and three, and all of them kind of need the ball, and all of them have a hard time kind of playing off of each other. Jimmy and Bam don't space the floor traditionally. We're talking about Jimmy starting to space the floor. He's taking like three and a half three-pointers a game this year, right? That's not really a floor spacer. Bam doesn't do it. He has one three-pointer in the flow of the offense all season, Um Tyler Hero does space the floor, but, you know, there's defensive issues and the fact that he holds the ball a lot, where Jimmy also has to hold the ball a lot. Tyler Hero, average seconds per touch this season, 4.04 average seconds per touch. That, compared to Duncan Robinson, who's taken his space uh, his place in the starting lineup, Duncan Robinson, 1.98 average seconds per touch. Basically holding the ball half as long yeah. as Tyler Hero. I think that if that world that you're describing, David, that Tyler Hero – is a little bit more efficient and precise. I like those words that you used. I just don't, like, don't hold the ball as much. If you could be more Clay Thompson and less Bradley Beal, I think yeah. that would do a lot for his game. I don't know that he wants that for his game. I also yeah. know that you can't ask Jimmy Butler to score 36 points every night That's like fair. he did tonight. And you're, there are going to be games where you do need Tyler Hero. I thought Tyler Hero was playing really well. I thought he was making wing plays this year. I think a lot of the things... Uh, went against him in, in the early parts of this year. When you have him, Kyle Lowry, and Kevin Love in the starting lineup, those are three negative defenders in your starting lineup. Just like the rest of the team, Tyler Hero has not lost a game that Haywood Highsmith has start, has been a starter alongside with them. And we've talked about how transformational of a decision that's been early on in the season. So it's too soon. It's too small of a sample. I think it's really easy for people to draw that line between the playoffs last year and this five-game sample size that we're talking about here. Um, it, it. I'm not ready to go that uh, that far to say that the Heat are better without Tyler Hero. No, I would rather get a larger sample size before I make that conclusion. But I will say there's going to be instances where they need Tyler Hero. But I do think there is something to be said about cleaning yes. things up in terms of the pecking order and his right. specific role when he's part of the starting lineup. And then when he's in that second unit, Tyler Hero cooks. Let him go. But when he's on the court with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, it's got to be a little bit cleaner.
0: I agree 100%. Uh, the term I keep using is the, the offense is just different with, without Tyler there. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just different, and it kind of allows everybody else to have an opportunity to score, and they've risen to the challenge. It could just as easily have gone the other way as well. But I wonder, and I, I think a lot of people have started to you know contemplate this as well, does the injury allow Spo the opportunity to say, at least for now, Tyler, we're going to bring you off the bench so that he can continue to thrive in those second units and allows Duncan to stay with the starters and provide the spacing that Jimmy and Bam both desperately need. Because between those two and Tyler, who loves to operate in the mid-range, that kind of clocks things up a little. Not not just the the over-dribbling or the time of possession for Tyler, but the fact that he does break down. He's not a catch-and-shoot guy, never has been since his days in Kentucky does not want to be that type of player, as to your point. So you wonder whether or not it's just kind of more effective for him to come off the bench, at least in the short term, until he can kind of figure out that nuanced balance.
1: I'm not going to rule anything out as an option. It's definitely something that I thought about. I also wonder if there's something to be said about starting Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Because you're talking about who the best backcourt guys have been. Both of those guys have been better than Kyle Lowry this year. You could even say Tyler Hero's been better defensively than Kyle Lowry in certain spots. I think at the point of attack, he's been better than Lowry. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it, I I'm on. I only bring that up to go to my, my first point. I won't rule anything out. I think everything's on the table. It's very hard to basically spend a summer trying to trade Tyler hero for Damian Lillard and then bring him off the bench. But there is definitely something to him. Maybe just being the best six man in the league and just letting him lean into that and embrace that. I just don't know that you also want to pay 20, $25 million for that player either. Uh, but yeah, maybe if you're just trying to increase the spacing around Jimmy and Bam, maybe it's Tyler and Duncan in that starting lineup. And I've kind of been toying around with that in
0: my head. So who knows? Um, I just, I, how do you get Tyler to buy into a role where he plays more off ball? Because that seems to kind of be like he he can create pressure as an off ball mover, cutter, things that he doesn't typically do. He is he not on Spolstra.
1: It's not on Spolstra. That's Jimmy's job. That's on Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler says, "I run. I'm running the show now. You're going to play off of me, and in so many words, and he could and he could finesse it the way that Jimmy Butler would finesse it, if he would finesse it. But I, I that it, that's on Jimmy. That's not on Spo. That's on your star player. Hey, I thanks for carrying us for the first two weeks on offense while I was getting into regular season form because I didn't play in the entire preseason. I got this now. I'm going to make life easier for you so you don't have to do all that stuff. By the way, in these for in those first five minutes where he couldn't make a field goal." I'm thinking this is the first game that they're going to miss Tyler Hero because that's somebody who could break down a defense and make those complicated shots and things like that. There are going to be times where they need that. Um but yeah, that's that's on Jimmy just taking on that number one scoring role. But like we said, I don't think we don't think that he could once he can or wants to do that for a full regular season and then that's where Tyler comes in. So it's it's tough. It's not easy here.
0: I don't I think that's kind of a potential disaster, right? Like, I mean, we, we, you say that and we know how the, 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 the delicate balance of the locker room works. Like, I mean, Jimmy will talk his, you know what, but he, he can't tell Tyler, Hey, back to F off. It's my ball. Now I, I this is kind I of where mean, I, I, feel I feel said,
1: like Vanessa, like you said, look, I I can let, like, let me run the offense here. Let me get you better
0: shots. Well, what about you D? like, is it this his role now to be that go between like to say, what, what maybe nobody else is willing to say because he's a front office guy now. He's like, listen, man, you, you, you're you great. We know we love you. you. know we love you. He's talked to him consistently throughout the whole uh, link to Dame Lillard process and everything else. And and now he's going to have to force him to, to swallow another bitter pill, right? Which is to say, you know what? You got to change your role in offense a little bit. It doesn't take away from who you are as a player. It just has to bend a little bit because this team maybe- can be better.
1: Maybe it's everybody. Maybe it's Spo showing them the right. numbers, right? spo has got all right. this analytics stuff. He's like, "Hey, catch and shoot opportunities. Let's get these efficiency numbers up." Tyler, you want to be an all-star? Here's how we do it. Here's the roadmap. It's less of the yes. on-ball stuff. It's more letting us get you easy looks, and it's all symbiotic. And again, you say in the starting lineup, this is the role, and then when you're running that second unit, you get that other role. And Tyler Hero can basically have his cake and eat it too. He can have all the he can have the the boost in efficiency numbers. While also getting a chance to run the show with the second unit. that might be the way to frame it. but honestly man, I don't I don't think that's gonna take that much work. I think Tyler hero wants to win. I, I really do. I know that I'm on here as the constant Tyler hero apologist, but I've talked to him. I think I, I I appreciate his game. I I don't think he really would care that much. I, I just yeah. think it's a like you said, he's never really been that player. so it's right. hard to just become that player overnight. It's much harder said then done. But we'll see what happens here. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.